It is the Chair Shop Podcast, quickly uh, racing towards our 600th episode. Did you ever think you'd see the day, lads? Well, you are going to see it in a couple of weeks. So there you go. Uh, they said it wouldn't last six weeks. Here it is, 600 episodes later. But I know it's 596 this week, folks. Don't get ahead of yourselves. This is just the WrestleMania build. Uh, uh, the big day is not for another few weeks. I'm one of your hosts here, coming to you for the 596th time. Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, it's actually uh, 597, I think. Oh, okay, well then, it's getting even closer, we're at Elimination Chamber now, which <laughs> we are. Yeah. Uh, the week, see, you see, I, like I said, 600 is going to be here before you know it, I mean, it's just, it's extremely exciting, um, also exciting, probably going to tell me it's actually 599. Uh, this week is Mr. Paul Griffin. What, what catchphrases can I steal this week? Okay, how about honk honk? Okay. Oh, that's from this show, though. So that's not really thieving, is it? I thought you were going to say uh, six hundred. Uh, how about I put six hundred foot in your ass? You know. Oh, well, that, I, I finished watching that like two weeks ago. No? Yeah. Oh, did you finish that? I don't think you said you finished that. Not, show, oh, oh, yeah. I watched it all. It was uh, middling. Okay. I oh, know. I did. I talked about it because I said that he doesn't say ass enough on it. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Because that's true. No, you did say that. You did say that. Dumbass. Well, that's what. So, so it, that's it's probably you know public domain now. Um, since mm. he's not since he's not really using it. So yeah. have that. Have that. Um, I'll be putting my public foot in the domain of your ass. Very good. I mean, look, you're doing it better than he ever did, if I may even say. So, um, uh, uh, so well done there. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a show coming for you this week, folks. A bit of a lighter show. Last We've had a couple of fucking long shows the last couple of weeks. This one, I'm looking at the rundown here, and uh, it looks like we've got a fair, fairly uh, bite-sized show. Uh, I am fresh off the train from uh, a little-known town you may have heard of. It's called Dublin. It's really coming up in the world. I've heard uh, of it. Coming, coming up on the uh, list of most expensive places to live uh, more than any, anything else, but uh, it's coming up. It was nice, yeah, you know, uh, I enjoyed Dublin. I went to, uh, I made a grand return to Token, which I haven't been to in quite a while, the arcade bar slash foodery. Uh, which was good. I played some pinball. Not only did I play some pinball, but I went up to use a machine and some buffoon had a credit in it and walked away without oh. using it, which meant old Barry got to snide in there and go, oh, baby, free ball, free ball. And I played Medieval Madness and I was really good at it as well. It was a blessed day, blessed occurrence. Um, uh, I also played some Final Fight and some X-Men's. Uh, so so that's that's game go for the week done. But yeah, that, kind, of a, kind of a quiet week here. Uh, um, in in the Barry household, um, just had to discipline Rosie for pissing uh, on the on the carpet. Uh, oh, that which, bitch! I know she's get, she's getting out of control. The rebellious teens are here, you know. Um, uh, so she's been told off. Um, so she's raging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a big dirty protest outside this office when I leave. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but that's a bit about the peak of the excitement here uh, on my side of things. What about you, boys? What have you been up to this week? I hope one of you uh, discovered a new planet or something to make up for my lack of of adventures this week. Uh, I went to IKEA. Okay, did you discover anything there? Uh, I discovered that they have a veggie hot dog for two quid. Okay, okay. 
Actually, discover, uh, yeah, discover some great deals. Veggie hot dog meal. So it's actually the hot dog, the fries, and the drink for two quid. Two quid? That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, plus a cin- cinnamon bun for 60p, which you, you can't get that anywhere. What can you get for 60p these days? Absolutely nothing. You get mugged. That's about it. <laughs> um, so it, it was a treat. And then, yeah, so we needed to get a new office chair because uh, we've been working from home, obviously, for, God, what is it, three years now? Mm. And um, so we do have one proper office chair, which I'm currently sat on, which was provided by Michelle's office um, for her to use. But obviously, we both work from home. And so the other chair we're using is just like a standard, uncomfortable black chair that doesn't go up or down or doesn't move, doesn't mm. lean back or anything. And Michelle's been, I don't say complaining, but there have been some complaints registered about uh, you know, posture, bad backs, pains in bums. Uh, from right sitting on this chair so we decided let's get a new chair and i wanted to make sure that it was you know uh, the right kind of size and everything so we went to ikea i was thinking saturday afternoon it's going to be an absolute nightmare it's going to be packed but it wasn't too bad thankfully it was it was bearable um yeah so it was good so we found we found a few different chairs gave ourselves a short list got home ordered one i always didn't buy it there because we were going on the bus so i didn't really want to you know take the offer share home on the bus that would have been a bad look but we've ordered it. It's coming Wednesday. We've got an ironing board cover. Oh, we got some, we got some, uh, some picture frames as well. Okay. So it's all going off, basically, is what I'm this saying. Is, this is mental. This, 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 this needs to be a recurring feature. You need to go there once a week. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, all good, all good. And that was the excitement. And yeah, and then we had a little bit of food on the way out. Um, yeah, the old veggie hot dog, which is very nice. So that was that was the that was the Saturday really. Could you could you tell the difference with the veggie? Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't okay. actually like a kind of imitation meat. It was more like a a tofu or something. Nah, it, it was um, God, what was it? It was like kale. There's a bit of kale. There were lentils, that type of thing. It wasn't like a oh here's a soy protein that's roasted right. in a sausage. It was just like a bunch of vegetables like made into a long shape. It looks a bit like a hot dog. Um, it tastes, I actually prefer that because I don't really like the imitation meats that much. So I would rather have just some nice vegetables than a fake meat, if you if you ask me. Chips were pretty good, I have to say. Mm. Um, yeah. I had some kale for my dinner today. Go on. That's the end of the story. <laughs> what what, what did you do with it? You didn't, you didn't just eat it on its own, did you? No, but I mean, I didn't infuse it into any other, okay, like burger or anything. You I just had on the side of the plate in bacon. No, no, no. On the no. side of the plate, no. I just had some some kale. I had some rocket, which is one of my favorite peppery yeah, leaves. Nice. I had some uh, chips. What are the healthy ones? Not the bad ones. Okay, okay. Uh, as you do. I had yeah. There's, well, there's a specific brand I get that are known for being very healthy. Um, proper, they're called proper chips. No Conor McGregor uh, allegiance there. No. Um, Thank God. And I had some sausages, which were very nice. Which uh, I like. I, I've I started to buy the the non-brand specific sausages. I find they're they're a little bit nicer. You know, there's there. You go into your your local shop and you have your Denny's and you have your whatever other ones there are <laughs> galty um I, I like to go for the little family ones so you find the little family ones towards the back i'll usually pick up one of those very nice anyway 
my week go on very exciting yesterday went on a little date ski oh yeah a first date okay it was very very pleasant it was very very nice um and was probably also the longest date i've ever been on Let's get okay, go for the Guinness Book of World Records, is it? <laughs> yeah, so we, we met up at um, 1 p.m. of a Saturday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> to to just get a bite to eat and, and see if movie. That was the plan going in. Okay. We'll get a uh, we'll get a Bunsen. Oh, she, excellent. Ne- she, had, she had never been. Excellent, okay. We'll go to Bunsen, and then we'll go, go to the Lighthouse Cinema, my favorite mm-hmm. cinema in Dublin, and we'll see Tar, the new Kate uh, Blanchett. That's quite a movie for a first date. That's like, a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Well, I haven't seen it, but my understanding of it, you know. the It was, it was really good. We'll get to that. But the uh, yeah, we were kind of beholden to what, what film was on at the time, to an extent. Because The Lighthouse is quite, mm. it's like a four screen. It's quite a small cinema. And it was on the Oscars list anyway. So we had, we had been kind of talking about that. And I said, well, maybe we could you, do You Tower told her about the, your list and your, you know, you wooed her, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... We went to Bunsen, we had a nice meal, we went to the cinema, saw a nice movie, mm. and then that was what was planned, and we, we came out of the film, I guess it would have been around 7pm, and then we went on, went on to a nice little cafe uh, on the river there, just uh, outside of Temple Bar, had some uh, little hot chocolate and stuff in there. Lovely, okay. And then we went on to a nice fancy bar, the uh, the bank, just beside... Trinity College. <laughs> and then at half ten that evening. Half past ten. We sent her home. Said I had enough of you now. Be gone. <laughs> and then I went home. <laughs> and I just stood there for a while. And then he went home. It was really nice. It was really, oh, really, very nice. That's good. That's good. She, she was good fun. Good uh chat was had. Um, it was nice because, you know, I've been on some dates where, and I, I mentioned this on this date, I've been on some dates where it almost feels like you're doing a job interview. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I'm really good at, uh, communicating, um, yeah. you know, uh, productivity. Um, yeah, exactly. Excel. Yeah. Under weaknesses, you've put eczema. <laughs> um, but this was really, uh, organically fun. Which was nice. So yeah, I mean, look, it's only a first date. There's no labels on anything. No, it's definitely a hey, we hung out and we had fun, and we're two human beings in this big old world. And uh, yeah, I think a second date is is pretty much nailed on. She's into uh, going on big long walks, as I am. So we might do some hiking and some uh, some park walks and the like. Lovely. So I look forward to that. But um, yeah, I thought you, I thought you were going to say she, she's into uh, the acclaimed television program AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Um, it was really, really nice. It was really lovely. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still very. Ha- I've, I've the residual happiness still. Ah, uh, yes, within me today. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe next weekend there'll be a part two. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful, 
finally, a, 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 a bit of a bit of bloody. I mean, listen. The, I mean, the the two quid hot dog was good news, but I mean that's that's some uplifting um, uh, content on this podcast here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, yeah. Good, glad to hear it. Uh, I hope there are more. I hope there are walks in the future um, uh, uh, to uh, to follow up on. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I suppose, like looking at the looking at the the, the rundown here, we probably just jump straight into the wrestling. Unless anyone has an email, anyone have an email this week? I do not have an email. I did check. No. I remember to check. I forgot to make a quiz this week. Is honestly what. Well, that's all right. You were off gallivanting. Well, I will tell you what, I got a, a DM in the week. Go on. Ooh. It was from one your man off the chase, Bradley Walsh. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, what's he saying? No, it wasn't. I correct myself. It was it was from Victoria uh, Cole Mitchell from renowned quiz show uh, Only Lork Connect. Yes, yeah. I, I, I well, it's actually it was from Michael Hirsch. Uh, sent in a a single Only Connect <laughs> question. Okay. So my plan was I would use this in a future full version of it, but since we since we got an out. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. You you're both on. Whoever gets it first will win the the very short quiz for this week, okay? So it's four names uh-huh. and you have to give me what is the connecting tissue, okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Chris Jericho. Okay. Samoa Joe. Paul London. Okay. Barry Windham. Barry Windham. Uh, See, he's throwing a curveball there now at Windham at the very end. That's really mm, throwing me. I know. Uh, Jericho, Joe. Paul London. Barry Windham. Um... Mm. Oh my god, that's actually really sub me. Thank God there's only one. Mm. Chris Jericho, Samoa Joe, Paul London, Barry Windham. Hmm. I'll say I I I was sent this without the answer. I already got it by now. Oh, is it, that, there's no way to verify that, first of sh- all. I can show you the Twitter DM timestamps. Mm. Yeah, easy enough to edit. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop. Okay, uh, okay. All right, listen. What do these guys have in common? Oh, they're the original four hosts of the Chair Shop podcast. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Joe's got it. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Wow. <laughs> I would have been sat here for another five hours looking at those names. I was really thinking, what championships have they all won? <laughs> Surprise it took so long because Joe, Paul, and Barry is like right there. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. Well, listen, we're not famed for our lightning quick answers, but you know. Hey, that wasn't long enough that I would need to edit it in any significant way. So that's fine. That was a good one, Michael. Thank you very much. Very yeah. good. Uh, he, he, he's a man. He's he's a man who knows a quiz. Uh, uh, we'll jump in from there. Speaking of Chris Jericho, 
will jump to a television show he's on sometimes. Uh, that's a segue. Okay. Talk about Dynamite. Uh, uh, this week's edition of Dynamite kicked off yet again. Another edition of the Hangman Adam Page versus Mr. John Moxley match. Um, uh, the latest installment thereof, and it was another banger. They 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 um they they beat the holy hell out of each other. Moxley did the old blade ski right in front of the camera. Make sure you see. Make sure you see it when I when I run the razor, brother. Just zoom right in on my face as I'm doing it. Um and uh, yeah, I I thought this was just another great great installment in this feud. What did you make of it, Joe? Um, I thought it was um fantastic pay per view main event quality match to open the show really i mean this could be the main event of revolution um but yeah, yeah fun fun fantastic i think they're both both um both at the top of their game right now um and just had a brilliant match and i'm hungry to see more i mean it was a bit of a you know they did the finish that was a little bit controversial you know it was a bit mm. of a fluky finish if you will but for a TV match, I don't mind that so much because then it will set up hopefully a big pay-per-view match, uh, Revolution, Texas Death or uh, Cage Match or whatever they're going to do. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was really really good. Um, it's been a hell of a hell of a run for Dynamite this this year, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Um, great great matches. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually kind of liked the finish in the sense that um, I know it was it certainly was divisive. Um, I appreciated that um, they're doing this feud where it's kind of they're trying to one up each other and they're putting each other in the hospital and X Y Z and mm. then Moxley, you know, he he gets the the second win out of out of three matches, but he he like ekes it out, mm. just kind of steals one, and so it feels almost like he hasn't quite bested Hangman. Yeah. So you, there there's your excuse to do a very you know, and it's very rare in AEW do a fourth match, but they're definitely doing one. Yeah. Um, I think I think this feud has done wonders for the uh, the street cred of the Hangman. I think that's safe to say. Um, mm. Which I think he was I think was was due. I think it was due that he would he would uh, he would get a feud like this that would really put some put some juice into him. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think it has, and I think he. Um, so I'm glad he's kind of he's sort of moved on from that sort of post World Championship era, where he just it's very easy to feel like the kind of yesterday's man. When you you win the you finally win the big one, yeah, and then you lose it. What was it? Six months later, and then kind of flip flopping around a little bit. Still got the dark order there. Not really got any main big feuds, but I think he's yeah he's certainly coming back to prominence now. Absolutely, uh, Paul. What did you make of, of the Hangman Moxley finish and match? Love the finish, um, in the sense of you know it was so obvious as we talked about before. Um, that the the storyline was all about you know hurting each other, knocking each other out, fighting. That it would have like a, a a technical wrestling hold as the finish, like a cravat, almost mm. quarter, three quarter Nelson into a pin. Um, it was almost as if Moxley had had tried his usual wheelhouse, wasn't able to get the job done, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was even necessarily a banana peel finish. It was just he kind of dug into something that maybe hangman didn't necessarily expect you know the boxer was 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 maybe looking for the ko and had to revert to like a liver shot to get the right you know um so i thought it was really clever a, a good way to keep the 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 possibility of a, a, a final match yet to come because while he won 
and it wasn't a banana peel finish. I think the commentary also got a good did a good job of getting over that it wasn't a decisive. He he beat him up and got the win. You know, it was he caught him on a technicality almost. So yeah, very much enjoyed that. The match that was great, obviously. Although um, Mox on more than one occasion getting the old uh, I'm ready for my close up. Mr. Deville <laughs> with the old uh, Maitsky on the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe have a word with the production uh, team about how to... Uh... Listen, they're just going to say, look, he just keeps doing it. We try and shoot it from six different directions. He just keeps doing it. <laughs> I mean, people will normally be more subtle than kind of lying in the corner, face towards... Facing outwards, yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually you're usually you're on the outside by the ring apron, and someone's in the ring parading around to try to get the attention on them. Mox is just fuck it. I'll just do it here. <laughs> Good Adam. Good Adam. No, it was great. It was great. It was great stuff. So yeah, that 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 feud will roll on. I'm just looking through this uh, dynamite report here. Uh, we got the acclaimed versus. Um, the, I, I just I can't improve on Max Caster's own line, which is two like knockoff Beverly brother looking uh, lads. These are some tremendous jobbers. Um, <laughs> they were uh, great. They were really good. A bit of personality. I, I almost wish the match went a little bit longer just to get a bit more juice out of these chaps, but it uh, wasn't to be. Um, and that set up the ass boys coming out and chatting to Billy. And rah, 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 yeah. This is um, this, this is this is this is the bit. This is the bad part of dynamite currently. This, there's there's typically this one, you know. Get this over with. They they feuded with the Ass Boys, and it was a great feud. We all enjoyed it. It lifted up both teams. Yeah. Now they've gone straight back to it. There are other tag teams. What about two point They haven't had a fucking tag match in about three years. Have them feud with. That's actually that's a good idea. They'd have, have some fun matches. Yeah. Have them. There must be another team that I, I can't think of, but. I think it's partly it's the trios thing as well as has reduced the number of challenges in the tag. It's weakened the tag team division quite a bit because uh, all those teams are in the trios. But yeah, this is this is not good. Just finish it at Revolution, hopefully, and yeah, just never talk of it again. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, I I wonder if if FTR seemingly taking a few weeks off uh, threw off the tag team plans. Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll never, we'll never really know. So uh, yeah, so there was a, a Jungle Boy promo where he they kind of just did an awkward little um, Jungle Hook died on the way back to their home planet um, <laughs> little explainer. Uh, I now I thought the I, I thought the kayfabe logic of it was fine, which is just that he was like I just I was I had a very high profile betrayal in a tag team and I don't want to do that again. So that was nice, but I'm going my we're going our separate ways. But I I felt like this was giving us a much needed um uh character to Jungle Boy and, and a new angle on him rather than just being I feel like his character for the most part is the young guy, the pillar, the next star. And I always hate when that's a guy's character. And now the jungle hook thing gave him a little bit more depth and then now they're like, no, we're not doing that anymore, actually. Um, yeah. I almost feel like the 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 path you got to take with Jungle Boy is a heel turn. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that I think that would that would make sense. Because as as we saw with Roman Reigns, 
Treasure Podcast's Total Package Dresser of the Year of last yes. year. And also Inside the Ropes magazines, number one. <laughs> um, Spoilers for that for that publication. Uh, that magazine is not uh, available in news agents anymore. That came out a month ago. Oh, okay. Um, someone, uh, someone might pirate it. Okay, I don't know. Well, don't do that. Um, <laughs> very bold. Uh, Roman Reigns as a babyface, big old stinky pile of shite. <laughs> Turn him heel. Oh, suddenly he's fucking cool and shit. Oh, great. And so we saw we saw historically with wrestling, when you have a babyface who's not super over, the path to success is is usually not continue pushing them as a babyface. It's you turn him heel, they get real cool, they get so good that people like him, at which point you turn the babyface and people are into him. So yeah, I mean Jungle Boy is, as a babyface is just kind of bland, isn't he? He's got lovely luscious hair. Yeah, but as a character, he, he's a yeah. little vanilla. It's been better when he showed a bit of edge. Like I don't know if he needs to go full heel, but just just be, have a bit more edge to him. Just he's got the black yeah, tights I mean, now. Just needs to lose the song because that's a bit childish. No, oh god, he can't lose, lose the, the song. song. Lose no, the song. no, 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 no. Drop no, the song. Pick up the blade. That's what <laughs> Okay. No, That's what we need to do. Let's let's compromise here. I think lose the video where he's throwing a stick in the water. All right, get get rid of that and and the, his little um his little boots and his little panties that have the fur on them and all that. Keep the song. The people the people need the song. Okay, what's it going to come out to? Come out to some Jim Johnson. I'm Jungle Boy. No, he's got Jungle Life. What about a cover of Tarzan Boy? Like a rock cover, like Jungle Life. Jungle Life. All right, now see we've we've worked it out through through you know uh, brainstorming and listening to each other. We've yeah. we've come up with a perfect solution. So we'll uh, I'll be popping this clip over to Tony. Uh, say this one's for free, boss. Um, so he can enjoy that. Uh, from there we got uh, Takeshita versus Brian Cage. Before we get on to Takeshita, one thing we did mention with the 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 acclaim and the guns angle was that Billy Gunn. I guess the angle what they're doing is that Billy Gunn was essentially fooled into giving the gun club title match yeah or 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 goaded into it yeah 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 yeah. yeah. now normally my wrestling fan brain would lead me to believe that billy gunn would be in on it the whole time and it would have been a a a ploy but surely they can't do that with daddy ass and the acclaimed right wouldn't that be totally the wrong decision um I feel like they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean that would be. I, I, I think. I, I think this is just leading to the acclaim just win, and this is the end. I would um, so. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but you never know. I mean, again, this, this is, this has not been great. So I, it's, it's hard to say. They, yeah, they made fun of him for being. Um, they called him Pilly Gun, and and you know, yeah, um, he was an ab- absentee father and all that. Um. So yeah. Anyway, the, the Gun Club should bring in Max Caster's dad as their <laughs> parent <laughs> or something like that. Isn't he someone famous? No, that's Bowen's. Bowen's dad was like a, a sports NFL. star. NFL. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be fun. You know, that could be a fun angle to it. You took uh, our dad. We're taking yours. Something like that. Yeah. Why not? Um. So that led us to Takeshita versus Brian Cage. Uh, yeah. Another, another, another strong Brian Cage performance. To be fair to him, 
Um, yes. You know, Takeshita is Takeshita's great. Um, uh, they had an all, all action, hard hitting match, and a uh, nice, nice win for Takeshita, which I think is long. I think we said on this show was long overdue. Um, he's had a lot of the uh, uh, admirable loss performances, and I was like, uh, all right, yeah, let's let's have an old Winsky, shall we? Let's have an old Winsky. Um, and he got a Winsky, and um, that then set up. Uh, I mean, we'll, we're going to be jumping around here a little bit, but he then uh, uh, came out and thwarted MJF's attempt during the Danielson match to uh, interfere. They had a pull apart backstage, and they announced that next week it is Takeshita versus uh, MJF in an eliminator match, mm. uh, which I, who go out on a limb and say he's probably, I would say he wins that and loses the title match. Really? Because I think I think and I think AEW's done a good job of protecting the Eliminator match. They, I think people actually probably lose more often. There's probably been more where the champion just wins and that's the end of it by a mile. I would say. Yeah, and and there's been a small handful where where the challenger wins. I would say, given what we were what we were just mentioning and how I'm like, okay, I think I think it's time for, it's time for Takeshi to start getting some cred. You know, he's great. Everyone know we know he's great now. We know he's fucking great. I think it's time for the audience to get to get a chance to buy him as an actual viable guy. I think he gets an Elwinski and then along the way to the, the pay-per-view, he gets a title match, which he would lose. I mean, obviously I am not he's not gonna beat MJF. Yeah. But um yeah, I think I think that would be a, I, I think that'd be an interesting direction. Yeah, and I think to an extent you have to have people win these elimination matches from time to time. So Sometimes, they're not, they're not yeah. foregone conclusions. Um, yeah, you could you could do a banana peel distraction finish or something. Since MGF keeps coming out down during Dynasty's matches, maybe Dynasty can could uh, cause something to happen where Takeshita gets a a win. Um, yeah, and then that could play into the the storyline leading leading into pay per view that MGF now has this big challenge, whereas he yeah, you have the easy road. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so. Uh... Looking forward to, I think I'm sure that'll be a, a good match as well. Um, Jericho Appreciation Society <laughs> are uh, throwing down the gauntlet for Ricky Starks, the literal gauntlet. Mm. And so next week, he's going to have to face pa- Angelo Parker first, then Daddy Magic, then either Sammy or Garcia. Not both of them, though. And if he win, if Ricky Sarks beats those first three matches, then he gets Jericho. Is what they're doing next week. So I have to imagine he's beaten the first two quick. Otherwise, this is taking up the first hour of the show. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not quite. It's not quite ass boys territory for me. But I'm. I'm pretty done with this uh, storyline as well. Um. Uh. But uh, we'll see what they do next week. And I'm. 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 More, I would also have to imagine that that he gets to Jericho, but then there's some bullshit, and he has to wait till the pay per view to actually get Jericho. Um. Is what I'm thinking. Right. Jericho needs to draw. I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again because it bears repeating. He needs to drop the faction. It's been the whole three years of or four years of AEW. He's been in these yeah. big factions. It's just so tiring. I know he needs people to like bump for him and stuff. <laughs> to, to, He's back up, but I, I just want to see a solo Jericho run doing something slightly different and right. not having all the hangers on. It's just so boring. It's just a shit version of the inner circle. That, that's the bigger problem is that it's an inferior version of what he was in previously. It's just rubbish. And, and, yeah. and this, and this action fella, brother, 
<laughs> if there was ever a misnomer in wrestling, action <laughs> is, is it. Um, in action, Andre. Get, he, needs to, he needs to go. Ricky Starks is fantastic, and he needs to be in a proper feud, beating someone not hamstrung with a bunch of guys. That's my two cents. Yeah. I still like Matt Menard. He needs to be... Of course, yeah. Wait, I want him in the, the title picture. The world champion. The world champion, Matt Menard. He should be the world champion. He, need, he needs a little... <laughs> <laughs> he needs a little taste of that world title. Roman, Roman, I'm going for a little taste. I didn't comb your hair. Do you know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Nipples! <laughs> Is, but, but also, I think that he works better in a faction. Because he his best place is standing at the back of a group during a promo and just saying random words. And and having big wide, uh, big wide eyes. guy gaze. Yeah. Um, yeah, they should turn on Jericho and form their own faction. Get rid of Sammy. Just have... It should be Daniel Garcia, 2.0, and then some big dog. Well, that's that's what it was before, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> big dog, and it was yeah. good. And it was good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Jungle Boy turns and takes it. Nah, the Jungle Appreciation Society. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. The Jungle Cats. Yeah. Just <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah, that's uh. The, um. Next week, uh, the elite were playing basketball. I guess hanging out in the gym. I tell you, I mean that. Look, that 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 best of seven series was great, but when it comes time for the elite to do their elite stuff, it's just like, oh, oh, god, just be normal. Anyway, uh, they were confronted by the firm. They well, made you're missing. Nick Jackson hit a hell of a three pointer to start it off. Did he? I didn't even. I wasn't even paying attention. Very too busy picking his hole or something. I was oh. taking copious amounts of notes on the Jericho segment, which where I also got how many <laughs> matches it was wrong. Um, so so I, was, I, was, I was having a nightmare. Anyway, long story short, the firm came in. They had some not great banter. Uh, they joked about NFTs. And then they, they set up... After after everyone saying, why aren't they doing a death triangle match on in the Best of Seven series on Rampage? Finally, the Elite are defending the titles on Rampage against Matt Hardy... Isaiah Cassidy and Ethan Page. Yeah. Um, and the match was exactly the level you would expect it at. It was pretty I have, much I just. Watched, I haven't watched. Rampage was completely missable this week. Completely missable. Rampage, yeah. they they bounced back for a while there a couple of weeks ago, and the last couple have just been have just been exactly what got them in the hole to begin with. It's just. Yeah. They've got they've they've put a higher tier of name on Rampage lately, but it's still it's still the least consequential stuff imaginable. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, we got the AEW debut of Timothy Thatcher, pro wrestling Noah's Timothy Thatcher, I guess, uh, against Brian Danielson. Uh, they had like almost like the exact match you would have pictured when they announced it, which is uh, not a bad thing. Um, Thatcher did all kinds of gnarly things to the arm. He did the thing early on where he, it's I suppose in the, the modern person I would associate the most is the 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 Shayna Baszler thing where she twists your arm around and puts your elbow in the air and then stomps on it. But when Thatcher did it, he did he did this big gigantic knee strike from he standing position onto the ground. It was horrible looking. Uh, so yeah, pulled and tugged and ripped at the arm and 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 they and they headbutted each other and they just had the exact match you'd expect. And I, I thought it was very enjoyable. 
Um, and this is where the MJF Takeshita stuff happened also. What did you make of the match, boys? Very good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. Good. No, I, I, I'm into this kind of style of wrestling every once in a while, just to change it up. Because mm-hmm. AW, I feel to an extent, has a style. Um, and this this is very different. So I don't mind the odd time when we get one of these these uh, amateur wrestling inspired mm-hmm. jujitsu wars. And yeah, both these not, guys are really good at it. It's not my favorite style, but yeah, it's this. For it as a one off, it's all right. Yeah, I'm not going to watch uh, what's it called Bloodsport, but no, every week, but once a year, fine. Once a year is fun, you know, just to change. Yeah, I mean, I, I, say, might, I might watch Bloodsport this year because Kota Ibushi will be honest, but you know, <laughs> I'll say for our listeners who can't see, Joe, uh, as it looks like your man from a razor head right now, <laughs> with a big old, big old quiff going. Okay. What's next? Uh, up next, uh, after that uh, main event and the Takeshita stuff. Uh, oh, Red Velvet did not be Jade Cargill. No, she was not the one time. in 49 and 1. Sure. But they did have a one-star match here on this episode of Dynamite. Um, it's time to figure out something else to do with Jade. I'm fairly confident in saying I'm the 700th person to say that, but I think this podcast will throw our hat in the ring on that conversation. She needs to start having real matches. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think she can keep winning and she can keep doing similar stuff in terms of character and promo, but she, she's still in the squash match era. Even though I know, I know Red Velvet's not like a jobber of the week, but she's still very much in the squash match era. She hasn't wrestled any of the notable women that is interesting yeah they've kept her away from brit and that kind of all associated thing um yeah like because it's like there's obviously like i don't know who's who's involved in the you know i don't get the producer notes but they've had a couple of interesting ideas in the most recent jade matches like she she did the big military press in this match where she walked up the stairs that was cool yeah. Uh, they had another interesting finish in this match, which is good. They they seem to be working really hard to give her unique situations to get the jaded on, but all the all the in between bits are bad. And she's wrestled Velvet like a couple of times at this stage, and they just they were not vibing at all. Um, they're not vibing. The streak is boring because she's wrestled Red Velvet seven times, Willow Nightingale seven times, uh, Sky Blue eighty five times, which is weird because it's only a fifty match streak. Um, you know, like. That's not working. And then there's also the fact that she's she's wrestling a bunch of jabroni baby faces as a heel, but she's also the by far the most popular person. Like she's just getting cheered now. It's not even mixed. Um yeah. So I was I was watching this match and my main takeaway was if if the if the popular pick to beat her, which is Chris Statlander, if she's not ready to come back anytime soon, I think they should do some kind of double turn where she loses it in a match where she, like Layla Gray turns on her. And she gets screwed out of it rather than and and that that officially turns her face. But the funny thing is, I I don't know who who would beat her for it is the other problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm I was just out of interest. I was looking at Goldberg's streak. Right. Okay. He, he did have a lot more matches than than Jade Cargill, but obviously that includes house shows because uh, it's a different time. Mm. Um. And he was wrestling sort of every week rather than where she's wrestled every few weeks. But he won he won the world title after a year of 
the streak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's one calendar year, whereas she's been wrestling now for what feels like what's it been, two years at least. Yeah, since she debuted, I think that's part of the problem. If she'd done this, if she'd done these fifty matches in the first year, I don't think we'd be complaining too much. Yeah, it's just gone on for so long. What I'm saying is, she needs to be Hollywood Hogan for the world <laughs> in the Georgia Dome. <laughs> in the Georgia Dome for the WCW World Heavyweight Title. Um, now, nah, yeah, she needs to do something. She needs to do something. Put the world title on her. Yeah, figure something out. Anyway, have Brit screw Jamie. I don't know something. Uh, speaking of Brit, she was in the next segment. Uh, uh, you, Ruby, you're part of them. You're a WWE girl or whatever that storyline is. You know, um, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Um, this is this is a. Uh, I hope while they're doing all this shit that they just have Jamie Hayter off to the side having good matches and not not arguing backstage in bad segments about who's a WWE girl and who's not a WWE girl. I hope she's just not going to in, be involved in that. Uh, yeah. So I guess I, I, I don't even know what this is leading to. I guess this is going to lead to like Tony and Soraya against... Brit and Brit's gonna know uh, unlikely partner Brit and Ruby and can I trust her? Can they coexist? Is that what we're doing? Unless this is leading to Sasha Banks, then it's pointless. Hopefully, it is. But uh, yeah, yeah. But would she would she, would she come in as a heel joining the the WWE girls? Mm, she comes in and then immediately turns on them. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so we're a bit light on the schedule today. So I'm just. I'm, I'm fantasy booking everything. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our new feature. We're going to fantasy book the first six months of Sasha Monet uh, in, or Mercedes Monet, excuse me. When is that match? That's like, what, a week away? A week and a half away? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that, I, especially because it's Kyrie as well. So it's like, it's, I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that on the show, I'm sure. Anyway, tell you what's a great match, lads. This bloody main event here, Samoa Joe and Darby Allen had their third excellent match in their excellent series. And this is like, this is this series, any of the matches, probably this one, although I think this is my favorite. Like if you were, if you had access to all of Samoa Joe's back catalog of his incredible matches throughout history, if you're putting together a DVD set of the hits, I'd say you'd be putting this one on there because it's this feud has just made it seem like Joe hasn't lost a step in 20 years. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's been revitalized. They've, made the most of Darby and his absolute psychotic nature. Um, this is phenomenal. I mean, I don't really know too, too much else to say about it. What did you boys make of it? Same. I love the spot where he got, they set up the steps next to the crowd barricade and he got thrown into it. And as one might do, they'll, they'll hit the steps. I think Mick Foley used to just like hit the steps and kind of flip over. Yes. Yeah. And Darby like flipped into the crowd. Yeah. It was great. That's crazy. It was, it was insane. Only bit, I didn't really like the finish only because um, Darby took so long to cut all of the strings on the mat. Yeah. But once he'd finally done it, I didn't mind what, waiting through that, but once he'd finally done it, the, the spot to finish wasn't, it wasn't a huge, like crazy spot. It wasn't Darby like going through the wooden boards, you know what I mean? Get, I mean, it was, it was a second rope muscle buster, which he often teases would, and never does. Yeah, but it's not. It's not Brock Lesnar driving down with a tractor. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I think they, they, they could have, look, it, we, we understand it's not real. Someone under the ring could have snipped a few of those to make it 
a little bit quicker. Um, I like the uh, thumbtack jacket as well. But then when, when they pulled it off and one of the sleeves went inside out and they couldn't get it back And on. he was having a nightmare getting it back through. Yeah. Shades of Dax Harwood and the chain. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Undertaker and that scarf on his head that one time um, when he was <laughs> taking off his stupid <laughs> fucking whatever that was. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. And, and um, in the space of it, it was only about like, you know, uh, how long was this fucking thing? Let's see if this review I'm, I have 15 minutes. They did so much mad stuff. Darby taking that bump on the steps was horrible. Oh, you know, yeah. Shades of Joe sting. Joe himself. Like it was. Yeah, it was just it was constant. Like you were wincing at it constantly. The first the first thing that happens, like with the table and Joe gets cut up. It was just proper wild violence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then we got the return. Then, so Joe, Joe won, yeah. I suppose, was kind of the surprise. Uh, although we we did speculate on this very podcast that they were burning through Derby matches. Do you know what I mean? They yeah, they yeah, they seem yeah. to be maximizing his run, yeah. uh, presumably setting up a, a a loss, which did happen here. Joe won, and then uh, the default create wrestler from WWE two K twenty two. That's very harsh. The one thing the one thing that did seem bad about Wardlow coming back was that uh you realize that I mean if it wasn't already obvious, they've they've baked the crowd chanting his name into the song. And that was I mean, we already kind of knew that, but when he does a surprise return and you can see that none of the crowd recognized the song, but you can just hear the low hum of the of of the fake crowd chant, that didn't help his aura, I don't think. Uh uh, you know. Um one thing, one thing AEW have not mastered yet, which WWE are, are kings of, is when somebody surprisingly runs out, that you don't start the theme song from the very beginning. Right. Like Triple H is going to come out. You don't do the time. It goes straight into the and it comes out. You, you, you go to the exciting bit of the song already, you know? So this should have been straight into This Is War. And you have a bit of a, a bit, yeah, a bit more ceremony about it because I feel like they just play the music and someone comes out. You need a, the lights going down or some, even if it makes no sense. Like the, <laughs> there's no reason for the lights to go off, but something to be like, you're totally wait right. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Something, someone's coming out. Something's happening, and then the big fucking dog Wardlow comes out. I mean, that's yeah. what wrestling used to be, right? Um, I, I feel like WWE took that for Undertaker specifically. But wrestling, like the, you look at classic WCW and, and stuff like pr- before that, the lights used to go out was a signifying of something surprising is happening. Mm, mm. So I, 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 I'm absolutely on board with you there. I would have done a lights out here as well. Then maybe you could have played the whole intro, but generally I, I don't like that they'll do the whole, the whole thing. Mm. And Wardlow, yeah, God, love him, but the 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 haircut is. Uh, it's like in um, Skyrim or something where you get a, a new bit of gear and it changes your stats. It's like the haircut minus 10% charisma. On <laughs> if he's going to have a normal haircut, he needs to wear more outrageous clothes like Batista. Yes. Yeah. In, a, in a pink shirt or some kind of, I don't know, get up. Because uh, I don't like a man bun generally, but like no, but you need without some- it, he looks so generic. He's just a man. 
I'll be in a very big Muslim one. I kind of thought, because they they acknowledged that Joe cut his hair when he came out. And I was kind of like, they, maybe he should have shaved his head completely bald then. Do you know what I mean? Dye it a like, different color. Yeah. Come out with an eye patch. You know, it just, it just looked like you got completely fucked up when he, when he shaved your head or something. You know, but he just came out with normal man haircut. They kind of uh, gave him the Road Warrior Hawk. Double or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a Minoru Suzuki fucking Ooh, uh, uh, pattern. Uh, I did love those. So he comes out and Joe runs away, obviously. And so the security guards come out and Fordlow beats them up. And as the show's fade to black, he awesome bombs the security guard out of the ring, which was great. Like, so, you know, I am happy to have the war dog back. Yeah. Although uh, I, I hate when AEW, when they have their staff come out, they all wear uh, a, t- a different t shirt than the actual staff wear. Yeah, which is which is my nitpick of the week is they'll just come out with a t-shirt that just has staff written on it or something like that and he'd be like oh here's the here's the um the trainees to take a bump you know it's not uh actual security or anything which i get wrestling has done that since time immemorial and you always hear stories WWE, hey this is when mjf was a fucking policeman or whatever mm. but um the fact that they their t-shirts are so markedly different it just signifies to me. It's almost immersion breaking. Um, but yeah, the the powerbomb spot was very cool. If, although I would, I I like the impact of someone just being powerbombed in the ring, really yeah. hard. Um, when you powerbomb someone out of the ring onto a big pile, sometimes you lose the the impact of it. Um, and yeah, Joe Joe escaped anyway to live another day. So that'll presumably be the pay per view match. Uh yeah. I guess so. Uh, so a short run for Joe as well. Um, uh, I'd imagine, because I don't imagine Wardlow's losing. Nah, nah. Uh, all that was uh, Dynamite. I mean, Rampage, there was not much to talk about at all. Uh, Trio's match was nothing. It was fine. Yeah. So they gave, they gave him a little bit, but not a lot. Um uh, I can't remember if this is Dynamite or Rampage, but they named the third man in Strickland's group. It this is, is on Dynamite. Trench. Yeah. <laughs> Trench. Which is a like a Def Jam Vendetta character, I'm fairly sure. Like it's such a fucking fighting game character name. Um Did he need you know. a name? He's just big copy man. Yeah. Torrentially drizzling shits, brother. That's what I call. Uh, but on that note, uh, <laughs> Strickland had to have a comically long match with Brian Pillman uh, Jr. on on Rampage. Like it wasn't actually that long, but this guy has not been on telly in ages, and he wasn't exactly fucking Goldberg when he was last on it either. Uh, Strickland should have fucking one kicked this guy in the face and pinned him, uh, but unfortunately that did not happen. And then the main event. Right to set up, so Roosh is the next guy facing Danielson. Actually, I really liked his segment with MJF on Dynamite. They had a very, like, a very tense conversation where Roosh was like, mm-hmm. "I don't want any of your bullshit, but I'll take your money." Um, which was I, which I thought was really well done. And to set him up uh, for Danielson again. Now Roosh is also a guy who has also not been on television very long. Uh, in, 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 you know, recently he hasn't been on television. It was him versus Christopher Daniels as the main event of Rampage. I'm like, how is that the match you're putting on? Uh, to 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 main event rampage, do you know what I mean? That's that's kind of the problem in a nutshell, isn't it? Former Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah. Let me tell you what the biggest problem with rampage is. 
Go they on. don't do the Mark Henry interview anymore. They do yes. The why is that stopped? Why is that, that stopped? What is this bullshit? Um, hate the, it. Hate it. But um, yeah, so that's that's been caught, which is really hurting things. But uh, yeah, that was rampage. We don't not does, really does too that, much. Does that line up with more or less when they did the new look for? the dynamite set was that more or less I, I i don't know i think i think well so i mean the last two weeks they've had they've had um or maybe not the last two or yeah, three that's two, two or three weeks that's two or three weeks but they've also had um one thing i have noticed is they have had non-english speakers in the main event so maybe if they like do you know that thing that wrestling always does which is when someone who maybe can't necessarily they have them get cut off or inter- interrupted and it's always very awkward and it's like maybe they're just like look rather than doing you know roosh has a has his little buddy to translate True, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just stabbing in the dark. I, I'm not saying there's yeah, anything to this. It's rubbish. Go back. And, I, th- I think they did it for Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy, I think was the first one. Oh, God, they were like, okay, no more. <laughs> We've had enough. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I, I, hope, I hope it's not gone forever. It's, At least they still have Mark Henry say it. At least he still says the bit, you know? Yeah, but he got to say, sounds like there's been enough talk. Just, he, he, he just says, sounds like the show's 40 minutes old. Let's get going on this main event. Um, I came up with a, a good idea, a better idea for a way to do it. Go on. Is and this is this is again stolen from the 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 real vestige of good ideas Dana White's UFC promotion. But I would do a kind of you know when they do the weigh-ins for the UFC and Joe Rogan would do a last little. They'd weigh in each of them, and then Joe Rogan would say, "What you know? What are you thinking for the fight tomorrow?" And they say, "I'm going to beat the fuck out of him." Da, da, da. I think you could do it in the in ring instead of backstage prior to the match. You could have Mark Henry in the ring prior to the main event, interview each separately, and say, "It sounds like it's been enough talk. It's time for the main event." And then you can go to like a pre main event commercial or something. Yeah, because the way they're doing it is is they play a video package that Mark Henry announces for some reason, and then he says, "Time for the main event," but. It's it's like totally flaccid and boring. And they do an in ring. The crowd would love it. The crowd can chant along because they know he's going to say "Time for the main event," da, da, da. and the crowd can all jump up and down or whatever. Maybe it'd be a visually more interesting way to do it. Anyway, yeah, I I don't I I'm not done enough. I'm going to watch my page this week. To be honest, it would be the first ever. It would be the first ever televised AW thing. I don't want. Really? Have you not missed a single thing yet? Mm. I watched all Dynamite's Rampage's Battle of the Belts and pay per views. I don't count, obviously, Elevation and Dark in that. But you, the one highlight you you missed is that Paige and Tony Storm brought back spray painting people after you beat them. Oh, oh yeah, brother. but what? But it was just was, like it was what? like it was the heyday of the NWO. It was I, yeah. I know, but it's just like they just spray painted them green. I was watching, going ah, Tony Storm's trademark. I, gr- I grinch you uh, moment. They spray printed an L. Oh, yeah, and then Paige Loser. did it backwards on her fucking head. She put the fucking wrong side hand up. You fucking idiot. <laughs> no, yeah. she, well, that's yeah. because in, in the UK, they do the L on the other side. Of the Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was like Brett spelling WCW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
that was that was great. Obviously. I forgot about that. They yeah, and you know what? They beat the shit out of the Renegades, who are I really like the Renegades. They are good. They're they are underrated. They are very. I don't know if they're. I don't think they are signed. I think they should be signed because like even mm. even just as jabronis, they're they're very good. I think. Um, agreed, so yeah. Agreed. So Tony and Soraya slapped them around. That was not bad. It was, for, for a squash, it was good. But again, I, I could watch uh, 17 hours of AEW on YouTube if I if I wanted to watch a, a squash match, you know. Anyway, uh, that was uh, that was AEW this week. Uh, another great Dynamite and, you know, Rampage is what it is. Uh, what about Move Guff? I have not seen a movie this week, sadly. Um, I want to go see that new M. Night, but I have not yet seen it. Uh, I want to see that. But it's not on the Oscar list, so I might have to wait. <laughs> well, snob, snob, yet again. Um, mm. So I will, I will uh, let you boys take the lead on the on the film, film guff. I haven't seen any. It's a- okay, it was, it's it's Paul. <laughs> it's all Paul all the time. Well, folks, you are very lucky because I watched three movies this week, all Oscar nominees. So we'll start with Disney Plus. And the Banshees of Inisherin, which I think was I the last to have not seen it. Yes, I believe so. Seen it already. Well, no surprises here. Absolutely loved it. Um, very funny, wickedly funny. I would say, very, very good dark comedy. Had, had definitely passed the six laugh test. I was laughing okay. out loud. I was lolling, lolling at it. Um, nice uh, slice of life of of rural island. Irish life in in the Civil War, um, which which lends itself to a, a number of funny characters. Um, I, I, I quite liked Colin Farrell and his performance in it as um, almost a village village idiot type. I liked Barry Keown's performance as even more of a village idiot than the first village idiot, uh, albeit a younger version. I, but I thought I thought it was really um, Gleason's. Uh, you know, he he was really the scene stealer for me. Anytime he was on screen, I, I would liken it to the master, where, you know, Colin Colin Farrell and and he would almost be like the Joaquin Phoenix of this movie, where he's like his acting is he's like very actively acting. He's 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 uh, putting a lot of effort into. It. You can tell he's he's doing you know a slightly different voice, etc. And um, whereas you know Brendan Gleeson would be more like the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where he's kind of effortlessly stealing the show every time he's on screen. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was great. I thought there was elements of Shakespearean themes to it. I thought there was uh, Brothers Grimm style fairy tale type storytelling in it, albeit a more adult version of that. You know, almost like a Rumpelstiltskin thing, where visit me on three nights and ye will get b- gold. The you know, speak to me on three occasions, and each time I will cut off a finger. You know, there's almost almost fairy tale. Mm elements of play um yeah i thought it was extremely well written i think it's probably my favorite of mcdonough's films which i know is very high praise given other ones he's done in bruges and the like but i think this was probably the one that i enjoyed the most yeah um and yeah i mean i thought i thought the 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 setup was really clever i thought the payoff at the end was very well done the cast of characters were 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 all likable and memorable very funny lines throughout. I like that the Dunbelievables were reunited in a little almost cameo. Pat Short as the uh, the bar worker and then the other guy, John, is it John Murphy? Who was... Uh, I can never fucking remember the work, other one's work. name. He, he was like a, a patron of the bar. 
and so yeah, for Irish for Irish folk who, who who know you know maybe Irish comedy that didn't necessarily extend outside of Ireland, that was like a nice little nod for us. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't praise it enough. I thought it was really really entertaining, um, but at times you know um, dramatic and and emotional, and I kind of it kind of ticked all the boxes for me. I, w- I wouldn't say it's necessarily a ten out of ten, but I I would score very high. That was really 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 enjoyable. Would you say it's a best picture nominee? Uh, I certainly would. Yes. And I believe it is. <laughs> it, it is indeed. It is. I believe indeed. objectively it is. But yeah, I, I would think it would be it would be up there with a chance. I think the quality is 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 that good. I now, obviously, so. obviously, we have a, a bias, Barry, being from Ireland, that. All it takes is someone in a big, uh, a big money film to say, "How are you there, Padder?" And we're fucking on board. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like, Jesus, they talk like us in this. It's like I'm <laughs> living in the film. <laughs> so we're obviously going to get a, a layer of enjoyment from it that maybe people, other people outside of Ireland wouldn't. But I think it's, I think it's legitimately extremely good. So big, big thumbs up to the boys. Um. And um, oh my god, her name is slipping my mind now. From from she's does the voice for the Iron Man in the the Avengers movies. Who's Condon? Carrie Condon, mm. fantastic in it as well. Gotta say, big big thumbs up to her. She she was almost maybe even the best one. Um, and rightfully nominated for it. Uh, secondly, little film called Causeway, which is nominated, I think, for best supporting actor. Um. This is an Apple TV Plus movie, I believe. Uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Oh, um, yes, I've heard of this, yeah. He's yeah. nominated, I think, for supporting actor for it. So this is one that I was kind of going into between two other big films. I was watching this as kind of a middle film. You know, when when you got to get through a list of 16 movies for the Oscars, you got to plot your way through them so as not to leave yourself the dregs at the end and kind of kill your enthusiasm for it. So sometimes you, you slip them between a, a Banshees and a Tar, you know, where you know these two are going to be two of the biggies and you want to slip something in the middle. So Causeway, Apple TV Plus, I was like, ah, probably won't be that good. Jennifer Lawrence, not the biggest fan. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I know a lot of people really like him. I know I know him from uh, Kong versus Godzilla. I didn't like him in that. <laughs> That's really harsh. I know, okay, no, but it was shit. So, like, <laughs> I know watch, he's done. Watch Atlanta. Watch Atlanta. I know he's done a lot of really good stuff. And look, he's Oscar nominated for this as well. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is actually the point I'm getting to. Is I really enjoyed it, and both of their performances I thought were outstanding. Okay. <laughs> so, really, I got to say, a return, a real staggering return to form for Lawrence. A surprise that she didn't get nominated for it because she is really good. In it. Yeah. Uh, and Tyree Henry definitely brought a, a dramatic performance that I kind of didn't expect, that I know him from kind of more comedic roles, I guess. But he was excellent as well. Um, the film itself is very good, but it's, it is one of those films that is carried by the strength of the lead performances. So Lawrence plays like a, a US soldier who's been injured uh, in service, suffered like a brain injury, has come home and is going through rehab um 
And so there's an element of it. It's, it's not heavily used, but there is an element of unreliable narrator to it. Okay. Not n- very subtly used, you know. So, for example, there'd be elements where she she's kind of isolated. She doesn't have a lot of friends. But you kind of wonder watching it, okay, is it is it that she has friends, but because she left and come back and she's kind of unsure of herself, that she's just doesn't reach out to them? Does she actually not remember them? You know, so you can kind of read into it a lot based on um, what she actually observes. Because a lot of the film is told from her perspective. So you can kind of read into that or not read into it. But I thought that kind of gave it an interesting edge. And yes, I mean, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was much better than I expected, given that it was only, only got a supporting actor nomination. I thought it was really worth a watch. So if anyone has an Apple TV Plus uh, account, you could do far worse than to check out Causeway. Very, very good. Uh, and then we come to Tar, which I know I think has Joe already watched Tar. I reviewed, I reviewed You reviewed it last week. Lydia Tar. Lydia Tar. Uh, yeah, I thought it was bloody good, let me tell you. Um, I will be surprised if she's beaten for the best actress. Okay. This year. Uh, a phenomenal performance. I think, and, and she's won Oscars previously. Or an Oscar. I think she won for Blue Jasmine. Uh, definitely her best performance I've ever seen. Uh, I think the film was extremely well made as well. Lots of uh, clever use of sound and visuals. Uh, the way that dreams were portrayed, I thought was very clever. I liked how the film was almost told from her perspective in terms of the the musicality of the world, down to like you know roadworks being done and and. You know, she's hearing it almost rhythmically as a as a complex rhythm. Or even when she's working out, she's hitting the 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 bag as a dun 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 dun. And there's, there's like, everything has a music to it. She like wake up in the middle of the night and there'll be like a ticking, or the, or she hears is the elevator does a bum bum, and she's like playing it on the piano. Mm. Um, so very very good. I I thought it was a little long. I thought it um. It start. It starts off very slowly, but I thought the start was like the most compelling part of it because it it opens. She's doing like a an interview in front of an audience, and normally you'll have that be a setup or a segue into another scene. So you know, typically you have a film open up with this kind of thing, almost like last week's episode one did, and you'll have. Uh, so what do you think about that? So and so and so, and maybe it'll reach a question where it triggers something in the memory, and then the film will cut to right whatever the next scene. This interview, Joe, I think, did it go on for like 10 minutes? Oh, at least. Oh, at least. <laughs> Uninterrupted? I was like 15. Like, it was just like an interview. Like you're watching an interview. Like, But it was super compelling because her performance was so mesmerizingly good. Like, she was talking about stuff I have no idea about. She was talking about yeah. um, composition of, of you know, um, classical music, but in a very, like, know-all, smarmy mm. way. Mm. I had no fucking idea what she was talking about, but I was like, Jesus, if the film is just this, I'll be happy. I, I didn't like it when watching that bit, but I think it was because I found her delivery so phony. And the guy doing the interview was very, he, he sounded like just a normal interviewer. Yes. And I was kind of like, well, they're so off kilter. This, this doesn't make sense. But then later you see throughout the film, that's how she is all the time at home it's, yeah. with her child, with her wife, with everyone. She's constantly fake, like putting on a performance. Yeah, it's, well, she's she's professionally a performer, mm. but also, you know, in her life, it is almost a performance. Yeah. 
Yeah. So looking back, I don't mind that much. But uh, yeah, I did think it, it it tested the boundaries of how long it was, that bit. It and was very bit, long. With the, with the students and then the lunch. Yeah, and then it cuts into lunch. another scene that's 15 minutes long. Yeah, We're basically following her through her day. Like she goes to the shops, picks up a few groceries, walks to the bus stop. You know, it was like film yeah. you can skip skip but, uh, but also but also it's a film that isn't really i mean there is a narrative obviously but i, I don't think the narrative is, is the most important part it is a character study it is um you're just watching this this uh very high strong ultra success a successful woman kind of go through the gamut that's the other thing i think it's you think that's the story you think the girl who's the kind of center of the mystery is the story but it's not. It is no. it's her down her you know evolution? Yeah, this, the story almost the story. feels like secondary. It feels like a backdrop. Yeah, well, what it's a fake. It's like a false finish. <laughs> it's, it's a kind yeah. of fake story to it that distracts you. But actually, then at the end, you realize, oh, that was the story all, the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. I I love the ending. By the way, I got a big laugh out of me at the end. Oh I yeah, what it is. yeah but the, the ending the ending is extremely extremely Perfect. funny. Is it supposed yeah. to be funny? Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a funny movie. It's not, not a comedic movie, but, like but it's 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 like a clever funny. It's like okay, oh, okay. okay. Like there's there's a, there's a payoff to a, a character's arc that is, you know, um, kind of uh, how far can the the stars fall kind of thing, right? You know? Okay. It was actually better done as a reveal than most comedy films. <laughs> yes. the way it was built up was was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a strange film. It stuck with me. Like we keep yes, referencing for sure. It. Me too. Keep yeah. thinking about bits of it and keep referencing it. And it's yeah. like, I mean, there's elements of horror to it as well. There's elements of horror. Yeah, it's not a horror movie, strange. but there are elements of strange dreams, night sequences. There's a scene where she goes into this, um, not abandoned, but like derelict building, mm. and it's very much shot and acted like a horror scene. But then. You know, again, I, I don't think there's necessarily unreliable narrator stuff at play here, but you know, a lot of it is you're you're kind of looking into the character's psyche and how she perceives the world. So you could even read to it as she's going into this. She lives in this opulence, you know, and she goes into this derelict place, and it's almost suddenly she's in a horror movie, you know, because she's it, it's so what she perceives as like the furthest away from her and how she lives, you know. Yeah. By the way, if you go on Letterboxd and look up the tar listing, uh, have a look at the logo at the top of the page. Just a little Easter egg there for you. Just just check that out later. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look, look at it right now. Just a little, there's a little Easter egg there. Very, very funny. Just going to send this to me. If you're listening at home. Yeah, sign up, sign up to that box if you haven't. You know. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I think it's it's uh, it's the best movie I've seen from 2023. It's also the only one, but it's uh, it's bloody great. I gotta say. Sorry, yeah, what, what am I? What am I looking <clears> for here, Joe? What did you say? Look at the logo at the, the top. Actually, I don't know. That's a link to my. It's got my username in it, so that might not work. This is this is not interesting to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me let me see what I'm looking for here, brother. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Letar letar boxed. Okay. <laughs> um, in summary, I thought it was bloody brilliant. I, I liked it. I, I see Joe's score here. I like. I liked it significantly more than Joe. I just upped it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, that's why I was going into it because I'm sitting here thinking, 
I gave it three and a half stars after a watch, but it's in the week since, I'm just like, yeah, oh, it's so much better. Like, uh, so I've upped it to four. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I went four and a half. I wow, I was enthralled. I found it really, really interesting, especially for a film that has quite a slow. I, I hesitate to call it nothingy, but kind of a, a very slight plot. You know, mm. the plot is very simple. Uh, but the film has like an atmosphere and a, uh, the way it was put together, I thought was really, really, really well done. Um, and the performance, Jesus Christ, the performance. I mean, uh, an absolute powerhouse of performance. Um, I, if, like I said, if anybody else is going to win this, uh, this best uh, actress Oscar, fucking hell, I haven't seen it yet, but they got to be bloody good. Mm-hmm. They'll have to be bloody good to be Blanchett. I mean, she got to be Bucky's favorite by a mile i would think so yeah that's that's three done 14 to go productive week i i want to see uh tara it is showing here two weeks from now so i i I will see it in the theater when they show it i I, i'm looking forward to it i've heard a lot of great things it's Uh, it's it's very very good it's also a film that if i saw it 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> oh, what's this about? Oh, shit. We gotta, you gotta, you, we're clever boys still, now. Yeah, we, we'll enjoy it. But we all, we all have box accounts. Come on. But I, I've seen, I've seen IMDb uh, reviews from, you know, I, I know you have the IMDb like plebs, but some people are like, really good performance, but, you know, the story wasn't good enough to support it. And it's like, well, as, as Joe said, and as I said, it's not really a film about the story. It's not really about the story. So mm. I feel like if people are are being critical of the story, I, I okay, I mean, everybody's opinion is, is what it is, but I feel yeah. like you might be missing the point of it a little bit. But yes, very, very good. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, from there, we will move on to Telegolf. Uh, Joe, I believe you have uh, joined myself and Paul here vacationing at the Wet Lotus. Tell us about season one. Yes, watched season one of uh, White Lotus. Uh, I thought this was going to be some kind of like mystery show. That was what my impression, based on everything people had said. <laughs> based on what we led you to believe. Based yeah. on maybe not listening that closely to all the, <laughs> all the reviews and the, and the comment. I just thought it was like a, a mystery. Um, yeah, but like more like maybe like a, a, a Knives Out. More like that. No, kind of. it, it's it's like a reverse mystery almost. It's more maybe a little more like a like Columbo. Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what kind of what I was expecting. So maybe a comedy, a mystery, lots of things happening, cliffhangers at the end of every scene, episode, etc. It's not. It's more like a. It's it's a drama, but quite. A f- it's a comedy, comedy drama. It's a comedy drama. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you see, Zan's balls are out at one point. So I don't remember that bit. Can debate you know, whether it's a comedy, but. Um, I think you've been very harsh. It was. It's a. It's a comedy. Yes, it is a comedy drama. Not a massively funny one. It's not like a laugh out loud. No, know. no, no. It's, no, it's a, few, a few, a few, a few gags in it. Um, it was quite entertaining, but I because I think I was taken a bit by surprise. Um, I was kind of sitting there watching the first three episodes, going, "When's the hype when does when is it going to kick in? When something yeah. is going to happen?" Because there's a lot of sitting around 
talking <laughs> the first three <laughs> episodes. And like the first episode, spoilers, but it turns out one of the staff is pregnant and she uh, she has the baby like in the first episode. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But that that's not that really character isn't really really. Then a she's gone. Yeah. yeah, that's not yeah. really a thing. That's kind of just yeah. There is like Harbinger. That is literally a one episode thing. I didn't understand that when it was all said and done. I didn't was that I didn't understand what the significance of that was. I, so I wonder if you're going to enjoy season two more because Barry had the same experience. Yeah, I, I, I. It's funny because I remember we we were talking. You know, Paul was talking a couple. I think like last year about kind of you know there's good TV and then there's the TV in your real upper echelon too. And you made the distinction that you thought you know Severance was good, but it wasn't mm. quite on that tier. Whereas Succession for you, Paul, that's real creme de la creme. I mean, right? inarguably is crap. And I, I well, yeah, it's what you you just said, everyone's entitled to their opinion, sir. Right. Right, let me, I haven't seen Succession, sensible, so I'm not getting involved. Sensible opinions. Anyway, my point, the point I was making was that the, the hype around White Lotus was very much that, oh, well, this is, this is the new H, the new HBO thing is the White Lotus. And I watched okay. that first season and me and, me and Brona binged it. We had a great time watching it, but I, when it was done, I was kind of like, I don't quite get it on that level. I, you know, it's very well made with a good cast. I, I, and it is, it is, and I, I don't mean, I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory way, because, but, because, but it is kind of a show where nothing happens, the first season especially. It is pretty much a lot of character moments, but not even, not even, not even, not all the characters have arcs. You know, some of them are kind of just there, you know. Um, uh, whereas season two, I think, yeah, as Paul was saying, <clears throat> season two, uh has more i would say plot momentum uh things happen way more and not just happen but are compelling and interesting and 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 there's intrigue and and the char- basically all the major players go somewhere and all of their stories intertwine in a much more interesting way than uh, yeah, I, I agree. Daddario. I agree. I agree with that. You know, she was once she again, you know, Alexander Daddario's character wrote about Connie Britton's character but that didn't really matter outside of that one frosty exchange they had they just put it in there whereas in season two the 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 bobbing and weaving of the plot threads together is infinitely better i think i think you like season two i think i think you and i you and i are probably going to align on this one joe i would say um no look i i don't disagree i i i in retrospect i think season two is better plotted out i think it's more intricately woven together and it's more cohesive in that way I just, you know, season one, I just really like the kind of vibe of it. I mean, the music in both seasons is excellent. I, I yeah. just prefer the, the kind of music in the first season. I like the Hawaii kind of um, location for it. Mm. I thought it was kind of more unique. Uh, I liked a lot of the cast. And, and of course, I, I had a bias because I went in liking a lot of the cast. Think, but um, um, it also, I mean, it's a, it's a satire as well of like the, the yeah. 1%. It's all incredibly rich sure. people in the show, yes, right? They're yes, all very yeah. obnoxious, very wealthy. And I, but I think it kind of made the point very quickly, and then it just keeps. Making oh yeah, part. like yeah. the the two girls, um, Sydney Sweeney and her friend. You know, they, they we keep getting this thing about like it's the culture war. It's checking your privilege. It's like okay, we get it. They're in. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're annoying it's like, hypocrites. Okay, yeah. yeah, we get it. And then episode two, episode three, episode four. It's like yeah. I kind of got it. I get the Stifler's mom is like this. Oh, she's wonderful in season one. I like her, but the character yeah. is like, well, I don't know. 
What do I She's a fucking then? buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a hotel manager who, of course, also appeared in uh, The Murray. Last of Us yes. this week. Fantastic turn. Um, he's good, but he's kind of like a, a coked up gay Basil Forty. That's how it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's way good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was. That was good. That he was, was good. exactly like that. But I could have done maybe more of him, just to center it much more around him. I, a lot of the other characters are just. <laughs> in my time getting back to the good stuff come on um and like alexander daddario she's 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 good um but again i don't feel you get much of it it's quite surface level it almost feels like a soap opera going through all these different characters very ensemble but then you don't you don't yeah. really get much time enough time really to see each of them develop but it's only six episodes I it's think, only six a, yeah it is kind of like the show the best produced soap opera ever in, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Cause that was like, uh, I think that's uh, fairly comfortably the best, uh, both in terms of her performance and her positioning on the show, the best role of Dario's career so far. Yeah. And she's really good in it. But uh, yeah, when it was kind of done, I was like, it was, it was really good, but I just, I wish she had slightly more to sink her teeth into with the, mm. with the character. Um, mm. You know, now listen, it's still better than um, San Andreas with The Rock. Um, <laughs> I mean, being kicked in the crotch is better than San Andreas with The Rock, uh, you know, or that one episode of Always Sunny she was in. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I think it was a little bit uh, a little a, a teensy bit lacking in those areas. But I also agree with Paul. I I I I thought it was a it was a it was a surprisingly easy watch for a prestige drama. It was very. It was it was it was funny in just the right amount of doses and in just the right pace, um, uh, and I thought it was it was very bingeable. I thought it was very bingeable, and it was a very nice looking and sounding um, show. Yeah. And I think season two peaks better. Season two builds over the course of the season, and every episode is like better than the previous. Whereas season one is maybe a bit flatter in that respect. Yeah, but I do want to watch season two. So it wasn't like a. It was that bad. It was. It was. It was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, good. It was I good. just don't think it was like as good as Severance. I don't think it was like a top tier premium TV show. Well, but you now know, like, you can see how I feel about Severance. We we both kind of exist in that same plane, well, but about different shows. No, because you're wrong. Yeah, but well, that's that's the, the key thing. You're, you're wrong on that one. No. Is the, well, Severance, is the is, Severance is very good. Excellent. Some, people might, excellent. Excellent, excellent. some people might say. Excellent. Some people might say. You sit down until you watch Succession. Then you'll know what excellent. I will watch Succession eventually. No, but you, you're you're in the same space I am with Sopranos and The Wire and stuff. Where it's like you're lucky in that you haven't started watching Succession yet. <clears throat> God, if there's a show, if there's a show I could go back and start again, it would be Succession. Well, well you can. It's all there. Just go watch it. No, but I've, I know it already. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. Speaking of Murray Bartlett. Let's segue from that. I say, I'll pick up a segue from ten minutes ago, and we'll we'll talk. We'll have our, our weekly check in with uh, uh, Last of Us this week. Uh, this was the week. This was the week where uh, I really and it was. It is. It is bizarre now that it's an uh, a franchise I enjoy. I've been enjoying for years. This was. This was the week where you could not escape people talking about this show in IRL, as we like to say on the internet. Uh, everyone at work was talking about it. All the bonus friends were watching it. Everyone, you know, if I, I put up on Instagram, I was watching it and people I had no idea would ever have any interest in it were telling me they were watching it. Um, so this was episode three. And again, we'll we'll, we'll get into it uh, uh, here in, in, in detail. Uh, we're a few hours away from episode four. I mean, a week later, I'm, I'm not sure if we would really have too much new to say that hasn't been said 
very enthusiastically elsewhere, but um, I thought it was uh, it was excellent, and it was um, uh, a, a a fairly breezy um, uh, run uh, uh, runtime, even though. I'm I'm definitely in the camp that these these episodes could have been sixty minutes. You know what I mean. You leave them off for the pilot because there is a track record of the ninety minute pilot that has been a thing in in big TV shows in the past. I think this could have this would not have lost much if it was sixty minutes. I think that's my one. That's my one 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 nick on it. I don't I would know say. if I even felt yeah, that. It was, it was fine as it was. I didn't say I didn't think it was too long necessarily. I wasn't what, looking at my watch. Yeah. Obviously, I think it should have been longer. If anything, <laughs> I was. Well, I was it, totally it was originally two hours. hours they said. I would be shocked. Two hour cut. I wouldn't be shocked if they put out a two hour version on the Blu Ray. I wouldn't be stunned. Um but uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it was fabulous. I mean, it really it was, was phenomenal, wasn't it? And I and I think it. I, we were ta- chatting about this in the in, in the Discord earlier. I think this. I think this episode did something that I think I think uh, the games kind of did originally as well. But you kind of have to get deeper into it. And it was. I was thinking it would maybe happen later in the story. But I think it, it has a lot to overcome in terms of okay, zombies, and then. Zombie. jump forward to the future and you know who should really be scared of people you know what i mean it has a lot of baggage that even in 2013 it had that baggage because it wasn't it was those concepts weren't new then and it's kind of like oh no you just got to stick with it and it's the characters and the world building and mm. the writing and the character relationships and i kind of feel like they they pressed fast forward on that a little bit because the 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 bill and frank characters are not that in the game they are they are it's comic relief it's it's completely different without getting without getting too bogged down in the differences whereas i thought i thought the the big the big thing i've been thinking about um uh in because this has been an episode i've been thinking about a lot since it aired the big thing i'm kind of thinking of it was a very refreshing kind of uh twist not only for this series but also just this type of fiction in general that's not about um how oh well the second the government goes away every every human relationship imaginable disappears and becomes antagonistic and you you literally have to fight for every second you're alive do you know what i mean and 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 um uh it was very much as corny as it sounds it was very much an episode that kind of illustrated if you were in this world why would you bother fighting to stay alive to what end would you do that which is kind of a problem i kind of had with with the walking dead a lot was just kind of like, I was like, okay, all these characters are annoying. Um, I don't like any of you. I don't think the acting is that great. Um, I, you know, if I was in this world, I would just blow my brains out instead of hanging out with this kid and this annoying lady. I just, I just do not get it. Whereas this was very much kind of about, you know, and this is a central theme for both the games. It was about through it all, the perseverance of hope and relationships and things like that. And um, I, I mean, I loved it. Uh, uh, Paul, what did, what did you make of it overall? Oh, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I saw a, 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 a recurring theme here. I saw a review of this somewhere because there's a lot of there was review bombing and stuff. Yeah, and I saw I saw a comment from someone that was like, I, "I'm straight. I can't relate to gay love." <laughs> I was like, "Brother, I don't know what to tell you yeah. because the secret, guys." Is that love is love? <laughs> there's yes. there's no difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no difference. Um, you could have cast this as a man or woman. It would have been the fucking same story. And, and I, you know, as the three of us, <laughs> I assume, are, you know, three straight men. Um, I do like when there's TV like this that kind of opens your eyes further to the fact that that we're all the same. Yes. The the day, yeah. You know? Mm. Um, what, what made it interesting as well? Because it was a kind of post-society 
love story. There wasn't that gay panic. You know, there was yes. no kind of pressure from outside on their relationship. They could just be completely free, completely loving, do whatever they wanted. There wasn't yeah. that typical thing that you get with a gay romance, which is, oh, people are disapproving. We're living yeah. in the shadows, you know, yeah. which, is not, which is not a not valid story, but it's just kind of, it's also been done to me. It's there was a, 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 good, a good article written, uh, I, I think I think Kotaku wrote, uh, someone at Kotaku wrote it, which is about how in in 2003, which is when the infection happened, uh, gay marriage was not federally legal, nor was it legal in the States in question. So mm. they're so that's and they don't again they don't belabor that point in the show. Obviously, it culminates in marriage. They don't they don't say, you know, we couldn't do this back in the day. You know, they don't <laughs> they don't have that moment. They just do it. You know, it's yeah. just it's just it's yeah. it's it's a nice inverse to the to the constant barrage of these TV shows and films where it's kind of like as soon as the government goes away. Uh, you've realized how great government is. Am I right guys? It's how wonderful it is that they protect us. Whereas it's, you know, the, the, the relationship kind of perseveres without that. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy that people, you know, who they, they can't relate to, to, to gay love, but you know, fungus headed zombies, <laughs> right, yeah. no, no problem, baby. And yeah, I mean, I was, I can't lie and say, I, I wasn't watching this thinking about the, the outrage from the dude bros who were, watching their zombie shooting uh, witty one-liner show and suddenly they have this hour of fucking tender emotional love um i, I got a kick out of that but look it was it was i thought it was tremendously written i think it was to me far better than the version we got in the game very much yeah, yeah. um the performance that offerman especially fucking hell it's like tremendous Tremendous performances. I mean, I was, I, I, I don't know if he has a track record of, of more serious dramatic stuff. I obviously only know him as the Parks and Rec guy and various other comedic cameos and bits and bobs and voice acting and stuff. I, I don't, I did not expect this at all from from him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I like especially for for people who weren't familiar with the game that that made the leap on the trust of word of mouth that listen, this is going to be good. You're gonna to want to watch this. That you got something other than Walking Dead, or or something other than mm. zombies and shooting and that. Mm-hmm. You know, they they took the hour to really tell a story about characters. Very little zombie, very little shooting, very little any of that. Um, even towards the end, where they found the the letter from Bill, which tied it back into their characters. Really, really well put together. Really, yeah. really a, a top hour of TV. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I say yeah. For I mean, uh, for anyone who who didn't uh, like play the game, it's like you get you get to Bill's town in the game, and the the extremely broad strokes of his character are the same. It's W. Earl Brown that the the funnily enough the uh, character actor of various TV and film roles over the years, who I thought they might get back for this because I thought he would have done a good job. But he plays he plays Bill in the game, and he's basically you know he's the he's a paranoid prepper guy, and the entire the 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 reason he's such a re- fondly regarded kind of character in the games is that he kind of it kind of serves as a bit of comic relief after Tess dies. They get to Bill's town, and Bill and Ellie do not get along, and they uh, they are bantering and insulting each other, and it's the one the one like serious thematic change, and I do think it was a change for the better, is that Bill is basically like a cautionary tale. He basically spends like an hour of the game telling Joey, don't get attached to people, blah blah blah. It always blows up in your face. 
you play through the level and like Frank is never discussed until eventually you find just like a corpse. You've, you never see him alive and they make an allusion to the fact that, that they were partners. And again, feel something that I think is, I, I think, I think the game's version of the story will be, it's, it's maybe not fair to relitigate it 10 years later after a TV show, but I think it'll be viewed as somewhat immature compared to the show. Because if you if you snoop around where you find the body, you can find Frank's suicide note. And it's a super cynical, uh, Bill, I never liked you. You were a fucking arsehole. I'm fucking killing myself. And and I'd rather do that than stay in this town with you for one more day. And it, that, that's not any kind of dramatic payoff because you don't hear about You literally just find his body and then you find that note. It's so it's so kind of like it's it's very jaded, which that which the game kind of is, um, and so then the, the I suppose the, the TV show does a a much needed bit of kind of um, uh, I would say the inverse of that, which is kind of reminding Pedro Pascal's version of Joel that you know eh, things are worth fighting for, things are worth you know um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just survival, it's about living and things like that, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. So uh, a, a strong episode, definitely easily the best so far. I mean, not even especially close. I don't think. Um, I think. I think. I think the first two episodes were were solid uh, table setters. But um, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I would have been super compelled without without an attachment to the to the to the franchise. I don't know if I would have been super compelled by the first two episodes. I probably would have kept going, but I, I, I wasn't floored by them. Um, and so yeah, uh, later on this evening we will get episode four with. Um, again, so that three was the three was kind of the the biggest uh, departure we've had so far. Uh, it seems like episode four will also do a decent bit of of editorializing. Melanie Linsky mm-hmm. plays an original character that is not in the games at all, so um, yeah, she's I do, I do, very good. I do feel like after this episode, though, we need we do need to get back to Joel and Ellie a little bit, understanding yes. that the whole show can't be Joel and Ellie all the time. But we, ha- you know, we have your full hour away. Sometimes with, with, with TV shows in the past, you have that. You have Lost, and to be a cliffhanger, and then the next episode would be about a different character altogether. You're like, no, yeah. <laughs> I need to find that. would be nice to get a little bit more Joel Ellie action, but yeah. I think so, and I, I, I like how they tied it in at the end. Um, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, although one of the uh, one of the uh, real world, you know, this is now a massively popular um, headline-grabbing show. I went to work during the week, and... Uh, I actually hadn't I hadn't spoken about either of the previous episodes with people. So and so but this week I it was being discussed and uh, some people were like, Oh yeah, it was amazing. Oh yeah, I love it. And I heard one person saying, Yeah, no, I, I, I was enjoying it. Um that last episode though was shit. Uh, uh <laughs> I knew, yeah. It's gay shite. I hate but you know what? That wasn't said but I was kinda of thinking, I was like, yeah, you yeah. might that, but it, it was basically kinda of like uh oh just about two completely different characters and so long and nothing happened and it's a zombie show and there was like one zombie in the whole episode and i was like did they say i'm straight i can't relate to gays no no there was there wasn't that there wasn't that but um <laughs> that's but yeah. one of the that's one of the funniest feedbacks i've seen to a thing in a while yeah uh, but but it's funny because like like you said there, there is a track record of this type of thing in television shows where they do an episode that's kind of a standalone kind of side character exploration and look, yeah. some people are just like no they're shoving it down my throat the show should be the main characters going on adventures, and that's what the show should be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was Teleguff. Um, uh, game Guff this week. I mean, I, I don't have much uh, uh, on the game front beyond what I talked about last week. Still playing um, the Wii version of GoldenEye. 
and <laughs> I yeah, that's a, that's a bold choice for you to get into. I've I've beaten the Wii version of Goldo. I have a physical copy of it here. What aside from the release of Goldeneye, obviously, yeah. last week, what made you want to play that? Uh, it was mainly that, and it was mainly it was like okay, um, I know this was a maligned thing at the time of its release, um, and I know. <laughs> And it just so happened that as as the GoldenEye re-releases officially came out, I was at the same time I was trying to get the, the Wii stuff working on the, the Steam Deck, yeah, which I did get yeah. working. And then I was kind of like, well, you know, I've always been curious about this. I've actually, other than I just, I, I had heard, like, not, it wasn't reviled, but I'd heard a you know, decent, moderately negative word of mouth um, uh, on the... Uh, um, around the time it came out so i said i'd give it a look i i think it's surprisingly solid i'm really enjoying it yeah it is like it is like a a really sort of solid competent first person shooter with good production values for the time and also for the limit you know the hardware it's not it's it wasn't the the biggest it wasn't the uh, you know a beastly uh uh, powerhouse of of tech the wii but i'm i'm really enjoying it i've kind of gotten to the part now where it is kind of the first four or five levels are kind of like we are we are sticking to the golden eye script or making a new game around it, and then I've, I've kind of gotten to the point now where like okay, now we're now we're doing our own kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. it plays well, looks nice. Uh, you know, I just I just did the club level, which I thought was a nice change of pace. Thought it looked nice, sounded good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm genuinely quite enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm not playing too much uh, else that I didn't talk about last week. So yeah. Well, you? I'm still playing Goldeneye, the uh, the old one, the old slash new one. Yeah, on on Xbox. So I'm about halfway through it. Okay. On, on I've beaten every level on Double O Agent. Um, okay. Let me tell you, that fucking silo level is uh, is is a killer. It's like the fucking Dark Souls of Goldeneye. There's 900 enemies in it. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, still still very much enjoying it. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get all the cheats because the facility level, which is the second level in the game, one of the more famous ones, where you start above the toilets, yes, is uh, requires you to beat it under two minutes and five seconds on the hardest difficulty, which itself is fine, but there's an element of RNG on that level where you have to meet one character and they're in one of six locations. And I'm not putting the time in to to try it and he's not on the location I looked at. Oh, is that like that? one of the scientists? Is it you have to meet? Yeah, 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 yeah. That um, one's painful. I remember that one. Yeah. So sometimes he's in as you're going through the the long corridor from one area to the the next. Sometimes he's in the lab on the left. Sometimes he's in the lab on the right. Then you get to the end to the lab areas. He's in one of the four labs, and and all the while you're looking, you're being shot at. You again, the enemies kill you far more easily on double O agent. You do less damage to them. You have less ammo than before. Mm. So I I'm able to beat the level, aside from that moment in that time, but. It's always you get to the bit where he is, oh, and then you get killed. Yeah, or you get to the bit, and you're doing a great run. He's not there. Uh, yeah. Then your then your run's dead. You know, I, I just don't have it in me to just keep doing that until I get lucky and get one that works. Um, but I'm gonna beat the game on Double O Agent certainly. So I think I'm on. I want to say I'm on Surface Two now. Um, you know, which is the one where you're outside in the snow, but yeah, at night with the red sky. With the red sky, I think I'm on that one now on Double O Agent. I've only tried it once or twice. And I had a, 
I'm I'm playing on baby difficulty because I'm just like I just want to I just want to play Goldeneye. It um, is like time splitters though, in that you know on baby it's like your objective is uh, shoot one man once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I I did have I mean my my thing with those games of all of them basically at various points is just kind of like the the objective is like disrupt communications. I'm like, okay. Does that mean I get into the communication room and Fuck I, a bomb at the table? Do I do I throw a bomb? Do I press a button? And so I had a thing where um uh, and it, so in in Surface Two, yeah, you you spawn with one mine and it's like disrupt communications to the bunker, and so that's the level that it's the snow level and it has a big satellite dish. And I could and I couldn't quite remember from twenty five years ago how exactly you go about doing this one. So I um uh, I ran up to the dish and I threw the bomb on it and it goes no you've thrown the bomb in the wrong place idiot fail. Um, and again, because they didn't do anything to modernize this game, there's no kind of like instant. Do you want to go back to the checkpoint? It's like pause the game, pause the game, good lad. And you go over to the options, restart the full level. That's it. There you go. You have to do that if you throw the bomb in the wrong place. Then I went to. Uh, then I went into the. Uh, I found the computer that you're supposed to destroy for this objective, but I didn't. Right. I thought it was as a lot of the objectives are. A lot of the objectives are just press a button. So I went up to the. Com- I went up to the computer and pressed the button, and a little a little JPEG of a Russian man comes on and goes, "Da, da comrade, what's the update?" And uh, it popped up on the screen, "Mission failed." And I was like, "Okay, start the mission again." And thankfully, on the third time, so the third time I threw the um I threw the explosive, but I missed the computer. But you can just shoot it, and it still lets you pass. So I was like, "Okay, I have that in all those games." Because I was I was I was streaming Time Splitters too this week. I watched I watched from, a bit of your Time Splitters. Which yeah. so first of all, it's really good. Uh, it's in a even good game, even with twenty twenty three eyes, it's it, it's it feels and looks and sounds yeah. great. I'm having a. Ball I was going to say, it. can we talk a little bit about the music in Time Splitters too? Oh, no, believe, but like that first le- that first level is so. We made good Goldeneye, by the way. Yeah, we for made sure. Goldeneye. And and here's a level that looks like Goldeneye with a gun that looks like something from Goldeneye. And the soundtrack is like, what if Goldeneye was even cooler? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like uh so I lo- I lost so I'm having a ball with it. I think I think other than you know some wonky checkpointing and stuff, I think it's still yeah. with twenty twenty three eyes is great. But it has the thing that Goldeneye and Perfect Dark has, which is I was like what does this game want me to do blow up what i don't even do i have a map what is going on and they have it's one of those games where you have the the map is an item you can equip instead of a weapon and i'm like okay yeah. but um so yeah i'm always getting lost and misreading the objectives in those games uh they yeah. are i think but yeah i mean i i, I which game was it before i i've I definitely watched you stream a game before where and it's the same thing with time spares is you you just don't read the objectives until you're halfway into the level yeah and uh, in, in 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 level one of Time Spiders, you missed like yes, yeah, disarm the satellite. Oh dish, yeah, disarm the satellite, and I you got to the very end of the level. You haven't done it yet. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> in the area you spot. Like it's the first thing you come across. But yeah. I was kind of going by by you know the the because Time Spiders one, which I streamed two weeks ago, that yeah. is the most basic video game. Walk in a straight line through this hallway, shoot all the enemies, get to the end. That's that's yeah. it's so fucking basic. And Time Spiders two, you know they were trying to do better than that, and they were like okay, they're trying to. Do recreate gold loads of objectives there's six objectives even on a normal difficulty loads of objectives and so i was assuming okay just walk to the end of the level barry kill everyone and there'll be a thing at the end to press a button on no there's a satellite dish so i walk through the level fuck up a bunch of times have to redo a checkpoint get lost all this other stuff and then i beat the final boss and then it's like uh and where i'm standing there should be an exit point and the game's like no you haven't done one of the objectives and i someone in the chat has to tell me yeah it's in the first room it's in the first area you just didn't do it i was like why didn't you tell me when i was when I was walking past it that you yeah, idiot. I you weren't there live to assist me. 
Same. But nonetheless, navigation notwithstanding, it is uh, it is infinitely better than the first one, and it is fabulous. And what what is going on with that? They said they were bringing it back. THQ Nordic, I believe, said they yeah. they were like, and I don't know. I think they said that four years ago. And but, not a, but my, not a, my fear is it won't be the same. A lot of the people don't work for that. No, yeah, it's it's but, yeah. Like it was a, obviously you know it was a lot of the people who made Goldeneye were working for Free Radical at the time, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. Coming back all those years later, all those people are scattered to the wind. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah. But we we still have, look, we still have our Goldeneye, our Perfect Dark, and our, our Time Splitters are all, you can play them on modern systems. Absolutely. Those, they're, they're almost an unofficial trilogy, I want to say. Again, I haven't played Future Perfect, so I, I don't remember how that well that was, that holds up. But your Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, and Time Splitters 2 you know that for for that era of gaming and how important they were to console shooters um maybe even a little bit apart from goldeneye obviously goldeneye is really highly regarded but in part due to its absence on modern systems until recently it's like such such an important little trio of games there really deserves to be on the pedestal that they should be very highly uh, regarded yeah and even as we said last week we can we can nitpick the problems with the, with this goldeneye thing and they are they are significant yes. but it is good that this a very important game is available on modern systems. That is that is always a win. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. And I mentioned their time splitters too. I'm playing as well. And uh, uh, um, uh, Hades. I'm getting back into Hades uh, uh, on stream as well. And that that was uh, as soon as I picked that up on stream, I was like, "Fucking this game is great!" I can't believe I didn't finish this back when it came out because I picked it straight up and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is class." Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm playing this week. Um, anything other than other than new old Goldeneye for yourself? Yeah, I'm still playing God of War. Um, okay. I I thought I put a decent chunk into it, and then I looked at a uh, a walkthrough just to gauge kind of where I was, and I'm like a third of the way through the game. <laughs> so I think I'm like nearly 15 hours in. This game's going to be a long time to beat. Yeah, they're they're, they're big games, you know. Um, so where am I in the game? I I did a little. Uh, oh, let me tell you, this was, I, I I hit my first snag in the game, where you know to this point I, I've been saying I, I'm I'm high on this game. I'm really enjoying the game. I definitely hit the first beer. I'm like to to quote um, a donkey video. Uh, this game sucks balls. <laughs> uh, so Atreus goes on a little journey with a little uh, another little girl. And you're you're riding this fucking yak around at one mile an hour, collecting fruit. Right? Yeah, sounds good so far. It ain't. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go back to the base, and then she says, "Right, you need to go out on this yak again and get roots this time." Like, All right, you go out on the yak, you get your roots, go back to the base. Now we need to go to this uh, little um, like crater under the ground and fight these find these four hives of little salamander boys <laughs> you can go in and do that i hate the salamander boys but i think yeah, i said I, like when you started playing this i said have you gotten to those little fucking things? i hate them you, you're like they are they should be an enemy you fight in the tutorial and you're fighting them like six hours in i'm like these are not fun to fight stop no, making me fight it's, these it's like the flood in halo it's, yeah it's, yeah it's so, so now now you know what i'm talking about yeah, so that that whole part of the game was insufferably annoying. Then there was a cool boss battle. You fight the um, her grandmother, the like giant woman. Okay, that was great. That was a really really fun boss battle. But like, fuck it, the journey there was absolutely um, 
one of the worst things I've played in a AAA game. Le- developers, any any um, uh, transport method that you want to put into your game, whether it's um, Yak or that bit where you crawl under a, a, a low little uh, crevasse or when you sidle your way th- slowly through a thing, I understand they're loading zones or whatever, but like enough of those. Enough of those bits where your character is forced to go real slowly because it's just annoying. It's not fun to play. So, I mean, apart from that, it was good. And now I'm now I'm back to... And by the way, I, I, I much prefer controlling Kratos to Atreus. Anyway, so I'm Kratos again. Mm. I'm going on a little journey with uh, Freya now, um, which is nice. Um, no, I mean, Atreus... I don't know. I don't find his combat because his combat is satisfying. I I like frosting up my axe and yeeting it into a enemy's head. Atreus is, just feels very light. You don't get to, to the point I was making about the power bomb earlier. Kratos's combat is a nice, satisfying power bomb slam in the ring. Big old noise, kaboom! Atreus is the old awesome bomb to the outside. Yeah, it's fancy and looks cool, but it doesn't have the oomph. Doesn't have the impact of it. But I'm enjoying it. Um. But yeah, still a long way to go. I think I'm on like chapter seven out of 18 or something. <laughs> long way to go. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to any music this week. Can you believe it? I, I, I'll have to do a double one. Um, maybe maybe next week. Because I was, I was occupied, obviously. Saturday will usually be when I listen to my music. But I was otherwise occupied, I'm afraid. Alrighty. Uh, well, I, I I know there's one man who's going to keep the mantle of, well, of, of, of the album of the week. Of course, I've listened to another album, and this time dipped into the archives. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what what motivated this specific choice, but I wanted to listen to a, a kind of a classic. And I also okay. wanted to listen to something that I knew I'd probably enjoy as well. So I I, I dipped into uh, Metallica's back catalogue. Wow! And I listened to their classic, one of my classic albums, Master of Puppets. See, I don't think of you as a Metallica master of puppets listener necessarily. Um, well, you know, I I do actually like a bit of heavy metal. I probably wouldn't listen to it sort of all the time, but occasionally yeah. I do. You know, a bit of Motorhead, you know, a bit of thrash. Yeah, you know, I was very into new metal back in the uh, you know, in the in the Attitude Era, obviously in the classic yeah. new metal days. Um, mm. So I do like a bit of heavy metal. I, I just want to listen to it all the time. But yeah, um, so I chose that album. It is. Um, an eight-track-long album, which is only one track more than uh, Bubblegum by Big Pig. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, it's three times longer than last week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whereas that was a, a stealthy kind of 18 minutes. This is um, coming up on an hour long. Yeah, I think the shortest track is like five and a half minutes. That's right, yeah. I mean, some of the intros on this are longer than Bubblegum's uh, tracks. <laughs> longer than The Undertaker's um, entrance. Yeah, so it's, it, it kicks off with uh, Battery, which is like a full-on basic guitar, intense, fast. Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of track I really like. That's like, that is my favorite track on the album, coming straight out of the gate. So I was like, yeah, here we go. Um, so Battery, really, really, really good. Uh, Master of Puppets, kind of similar, quite a quite an intense kind of thrashy sort of song. It then gets into the next few tracks, which are what I would call perhaps your more kind of conceptual, contemplative, slowed down um, sort of tracks where the lyrics are things like 
Messenger of fear in sight, dark deception kills the light. Hybrid children watch the sea, pray for father roaming free. Hmm. It's, 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 yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Bollocks. <laughs> loses me loses me a little bit at that point. I'm not really into that kind of thing. That that one actually is um, based on the works, apparently, of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so it's all kind of stuff about seas and monsters and, and insanity. Um, there's Welcome Home Sanitarium, which is inspired by um, One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, Disposable Heroes, which I think you can probably guess is about soldiers. I mean, pretty, pretty clear title there. Leper Messiah, again, another quite conceptual song. Then it finishes off with um, the final track on the album is Damage Incorporated, which, uh, again, kind of goes back to a real sort of intense, like... Uh, thrashy kind of song, which I which I enjoyed a lot. Um, I would say some of the some of the intros on those like middle few tracks are insane, like really really cool. Uh, and there's obviously like two minute long guitar solos on every song, which are just yeah. really fucking awesome as well. So um, overall, I did I did really enjoy the album. Um, I only yeah. I listened to it probably four or five times during the week. Wow, um, damn. So uh, yeah, I, I I did like it, and I'll, I'll yeah. I think I'll keep "Battery" as one of my kind of go-to like headbanger songs when I want to yeah. rock it. I, I, the title track for me, "Master Puppets," is is one of the best for sure. It's, Very long, yeah. though. Yeah, those first are very good. But yeah, enjoyed mm-hmm. enjoyed uh, Metallica. Well, we uh, dipping into the archives more in future weeks. Excellent. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. We'll be back next week at the regularly scheduled time uh, with... Uh, um, actually, I was about to say with the regular scheduled content, I will actually be away next week. So you're going to get... You're going to get a, a Paul and Joe Power Hour um, on the old show. They'll be, ta- they'll be talking you through uh, Dynamite and Last of Us and Album of the Week and all that other stuff. Um, uh, so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you want to pop us an email, we didn't get an email this week. So if you want to pop us an email, chairshoppodcast.com is where you can send an email. And um, uh, if you want to send us a quiz like we had today, we had the, we had the quick brief quiz there from, from our friend Michael. That's appreciated, but also you can send us a question, a take, an opinion, a wrestling question, a life question, whatever you want to send us. Chairshoppodcast.com is where you can go. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Call it an evening here, and we'll say goodbye. It is goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Let's go by Paul. Oh, Oh, he's done it again. He's really dropped it again. <laughs>